for those of us in small towns and for those of us operating small businesses, it can sometimes be really hard to navigate. You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Hey, everybody, this is Molly. I just recorded the whole episode in one thought. (laughs) And I just wanted to preface it with a little bit of an introduction. So we are in some hard times right now. There is a lot of discourse around a lot of different challenging topics in the news nationally, like just a lot of political and social unrest and hurt feelings and people just not treating each other neighborly, right? And so it was weighing very heavily on me. And I decided to just talk into the mic about it because I thought if I was feeling that way, there's probably other people who are too. So this episode is not very, like just me being 100% reflective on it. It's not very organized. It's not probably going to, like, I'm definitely not an expert in the topic, but I hope you can hear me speaking from the heart. And I hope that it is inclusive of a variety of feelings and a variety of viewpoints. And I don't mean to come across as a know-it-all or somebody like, do as I say, not as I do. Um, I just really wanted to like open up the mic and have a conversation and tell you about how I'm feeling about social media right now. Because as somebody who is in the social media industry and seeing the news topics that are happening right now and the conversations and weighing like what's the benefit of social media versus the drawback, it just was weighing heavily on me the last few days and I really wanted to speak through it. And I still believe that what we have on social media and the internet can be used for so much good. And I believe that especially in small towns, we can leverage that to help our communities grow and thrive and have people get employment and grow their businesses. And I really firmly believe that. And I believe that we can use social media to bring communities together and we can use it to help others and lift each other up and fundraise and crowdsource and create beautiful content and like create art. And there's so many benefits to social media that I just, I know it can be used for good. And I hope that today's episode as rambly and windy and sometimes incoherent as it is, I hope that it has little nuggets of wisdom that maybe touch your heart. And yeah, so I just wanted to preface it by saying this was not the topic that I had intended, but it was the topic that was on my heart and I thought I should share. So thank you guys for being here. And all right, here we go with the full episode. Welcome everybody to the Small Minded Podcast. My name is Molly and here at Small Minded, we are focused on everything small, which I hope you picked up from the title. But we talk about small businesses, small towns, small ideas that can then catapult us forward in big ways. Or we share stories of people who 
found success in small towns or had a small business that they learned so much from or were able to impact their community, things like that. So in small towns today, we have a lot in front of us, right? And today's episode is going to be a bit of a departure and admittedly is not the topic that I had planned when I wrote out the month of podcast topics, but I thought it was timely and important, especially for those of us in small towns. Um, Right now, we're just like in a very charged atmosphere, right? Politically and otherwise, there's just so much going on. And for those of us in small towns, and for those of us operating small businesses, it can sometimes be really hard to navigate and know how we handle all of this outspokenness and the like real I, I'm having a hard time even forming words because it's just hard to know how to do anything, right? We want to build a better community. We want to make a business that outlives us. We want to impact our neighbors for the better. We want to have a legacy for our families, right? That's what I hear so much when I'm talking to small business owners in small towns. And right now, it just seems like so many things are up in the air. First, we had COVID and quarantine. Then we had social unrest. And then we went into the election season. And then we now have political unrest. And man alive, I tell you, I felt so low the last like six days. And I didn't know how to process like the images I was seeing on the news and the vitriol I was reading on social media and the real differences of opinion that people were sharing and inviting people to comment on on social media posts. And I really got disheartened because I vigorously and adamantly support social media for connecting and talking to others. And especially during the quarantine season, man, it was nice to have a place where you could still get in touch with family members and you could still operate a business and like get in touch with customers. And then to see things flipped like and I shouldn't say it was like all of a sudden it just happened in 2021 with all the political unrest like we all know that social media has been both good and bad right it's a double-edged sword and I think maybe I just took it a little harder because this is my line of work right outside of this podcast if you're new here I operate a social media marketing agency for small town small businesses and especially in the last week with everything that's been going on, I'm just finding myself very reflective and wondering how we can turn the tide and how we can make social media a place where we can connect and we can build community for all the right reasons. So bear with me today. This might be a rambling, like curvy journey. There's no linear path. I don't pretend to offer up any of the right answers or the wrong answers. I'm not going to like share my political opinions and beliefs, but I do believe that we can like take a few steps back and we can say, all right, collectively as small town folk who want to get everybody on the same page, or at least if not on the same page, working somewhat in the same direction, right? So I do think there are some things that we can do. And I hope that today I can share a couple of pointers 
and maybe even some suggestions of how we can move forward and how we can, as small town people, continue our efforts to make small towns the haven and the place where values are upheld. And yeah, just that place that we all want to grow our families and businesses. So like I said, (laughs) this might be rambly. This might not be the clearest, most concise, action-packed episode you ever listened to here at Small Minded Podcast, but I do think it's timely and it's important, and I just wanted to share it with you today. So please join me. Come along. Okay, so this weekend, I deleted the Facebook app off my phone, and I've done it a couple times in the last year, and I know that as a small town, small business advocate for marketing and social media marketing in particular, that sounds very, very opposite of what I should be doing, right? But hear me out. Have you ever been scrolling on your social media platform of choice, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, what have you, and you've encountered one of the following? A, all of a sudden an hour has gone by and you're like, dang it, I had so many things I wanted to do, but here I am reading other people's updates for the last hour, and what can I show for that? Has that ever happened to you? B, did you ever start clicking and then you end up in an internet rabbit hole where you clicked on one thing, which led you to another suggested article, which led you to another suggested article, and then you saw an update from someone you haven't seen an update from in years, but it has to do with that topic you were just reading about, so then you read some more. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh man, how did I get here? (laughs) Or C, have you ever been scrolling and then all of a sudden you just had to shut it down because you're like, oh man, this leaves me feeling empty and really disappointed in people right now. (laughs) You guys, it's okay. And I am, like I said, a social media marketer, but dang, all of those things have happened to me in the last few days. So once I got to a point, it was on Friday of last week, and I just thought, oh my gosh, I am sitting here and I am not enjoying the time that I'm spending on these social media platforms. And it's leaving me feeling really lost and disheartened and upset. And then even when I was away from social media, I was thinking about some of those things that I was researching. And um, I say researching very loosely because reading an article isn't really the same as researching. But I would just think about it for a long time after I was off the app. And I thought, you know, this is really not healthy. I need to step away and I need to like really ground myself and spend some time in real life, right? And what I did was just deleted Facebook from my phone. As a business owner who operates in social media, like for my profession, That didn't mean I was shutting down my account or canceling anything like that. What I did was just simply took the app off of my phone, which led me to like not just opening up the app and scrolling mindlessly for an extended period of time. I would still go at designated times during the day and I could still check Facebook from my laptop or my computer desktop in my office. So I wasn't totally checked out because for business purposes, I can't do that. So if you are a small business owner or you are an admin for a group or a nonprofit or a community organization, you can do the same thing. Don't feel like because you are an administrator on a page or a group that that means you can never have boundaries around social media. You still can. What you have to do, though, is just be smart about your boundaries. So for me, it looked like deleting the app off my phone 
and only checking in from the computer at specific times of day. For you, if that sounds like maybe something that doesn't fit what you need for, you can go into your phone settings and you can set time limits on certain apps. So if you want your Facebook time limit to only be 15 minutes, you can do that. And you just go to like you swipe over if you're on an iOS system, you just swipe right and it brings up like how long you've been on your phone for the day. And if you click in there, it'll bring you to additional options where you can set up screen limitations. And then you can set those limitations for your phone in general, or you can set them for specific apps. And maybe that's something you want to look at. So it's totally up to you. And this can really vary widely from platform to platform too. For me, I knew that Facebook right now is where I do a majority of my work, but for the weekend, I needed to check out. And so what I did was I just put those limitations on Facebook. I just deleted Facebook from my phone. I still kept Instagram because Instagram, like the community I have over there, it was like not feeling quite so heavy. And there were still like some educational posts being shared and it wasn't all political and tense. And you know how that can just feel. You scroll through and it's just the same heavy topics over and over again. Um, It wasn't like that for me on Instagram. Uh, So I kept Instagram around. So you can do that, you guys. You can totally like choose for yourself which apps are working for you right now and which ones aren't. But like I said, as a small business owner, make sure that you're still checking in. You're not like totally deleting your account. You're not like leaving for a week at a time. Like if you have a question or a comment in your inbox from a follower, you want to make sure you're responsive to that. So just be more like intentional with the time you're spending, I guess. And I'm not perfect with this by any means, but that was a boundary that I put in place just for the weekend so that I could like clear my head and not be dwelling in big, big, big issues. And granted, like I should caveat all of this with the fact that like, you know, we live, my family and I, in the Midwest and we are not like centrally located near any specific hotspots for unrest that I know of. So I can do this. Like I have a privilege of being able to check out from it, right? And so I say that like totally as seeing that I have that privilege where I can check out. There are some people who can't. And I I feel so sorry that you have to go through that. But if you are somebody who has the option to like just unplug for a little bit, that's okay. Another thing that I think you can do is also... If you're looking at like social media and thinking like, how can I make this better? Another thing you can do as the consumer of social media is understand how algorithms work. So as somebody who is in the business, if you will, I work with algorithms every day and I try my best to help small business owners understand what the algorithm does and the impacts that it can have. But I notice that I do have a gap there where like, the average social media user who isn't using it for business purposes or like relaying how algorithms can impact the average everyday user. So if you're somebody who isn't like necessarily marketing or like being a community manager on social media, you still need to know how the algorithm affects you. So what that means is, let me back up to like the earliest things. So when Facebook was first created, it was created in a college setting, right? And at this college, people wanted to connect with other people. 
They wanted to be able to know who people were because they were coming from all corners of the country and across the globe. And they were in these classrooms together. And it was a way for people to connect and like communicate. And it wasn't just Facebook. There was MySpace and there were some others at the time that were originating. And this was like the mid-2000s, so around 2004, five-ish. Then as like word caught on and this Facebook thing expanded, like it started by certain schools being accepted onto the platform. So you had to have a college email address and then like certain colleges would be accepted and others didn't have it. Then all colleges got it. Then all high schools got it. Then anybody could have a Facebook account, right? So it just grew and grew and grew. And as it grew, there were so many people on the platform that all of the things that people could share, like their status updates, their photo albums, videos, job update, things like that, there was just so much content being updated that there had to be a way to filter out the content so that people saw what was important to them, but they didn't see the things that they were less interested in. And what evolved from that need was this thing called the algorithm. An algorithm is like the word for the computers and the bots that are kind of in the background when you're browsing on the internet, on social media, or just on the World Wide Web in general, or on your apps on your phone. And it's kind of measuring where you spend your time and how you spend your time. And then there's like all of this stuff that admittedly is way beyond me. But it's all of these metrics that are being calculated to determine what you are interested in and what you are not interested in. So for example, let's say that you go to the Target website a lot or you go to the Magnolia website a lot. So what you'll start seeing is that when you're on social media, you'll begin seeing Target ads for sponsored posts or you'll see Chip and Joanna Gaines in the margins of your desktop newsfeed but you're not seeing from those stores that you don't frequent. For example, let's say you don't shop at Kohl's. You're not going to see Kohl's ads. But your friend, maybe they do shop at Kohl's a lot, so they get Kohl's ads, but they don't get Magnolia ads. And I just challenge you to like talk to your friends or your spouse or your partner and look at what they get served in their newsfeed compared to you. For example, I am constantly doing like small business stuff and I'm on the creative platform. So the, a lot of the um, ads that get served to me are from business coaches or different social softwares. But my husband, he is a farmer. And so he's spending time researching soil best practices and he's looking at farm equipment. So a lot of the content that he gets served on his social media feeds is very male-based and labor-based and from brands and like businesses that I would never get served an ad from, like like a soybean seed rep or something like that. I would never get that ad. But that just goes to show you how the algorithm really has a big drive in what we see and in what we don't see. And it's intended for good, right? It was intended to filter out the things we don't want to see and show us the things that are important. But the double-edged sword of it all is that By not seeing the things that aren't important to us, it's also filtering out the things that maybe we don't agree with, but are things that we should be educating ourselves around. So for example, if you are somebody who only, like in the political arena, let's take that, 
if you are somebody who only reads left-leaning sites for your news updates, you're going to continuously get more left-leaning articles and news until eventually you're seeing only your own opinion out there, which is very dangerous because you're not considering things from the other people's point of view. And I'm not taking a left or a right stance with this. I'm just stating facts. If you're clicking into like only CNN and then you're getting a suggested ad from Axios or you're getting a suggested ad from BuzzFeed News and you're making your really important decisions based on what the algorithm is also feeding you, you need to step back and say, okay, maybe it is time that I go and look at some of these people's articles from the other side so that I can see how they might be like the news articles that they're reading. And so I can maybe frame why they're thinking and acting the way they are. And that goes for everybody. When we are relying on algorithms to serve us content that entertains and educates in one aspect, that's okay. But like if we are framing important decisions and like very heavy things only on what we are getting served in our algorithm, that can be problematic. So what you guys can do, what I found is like actually just recently, there's an Instagram handle that's at all sides. And what it is is a one-stop shop and it shows you uh, news articles and headlines side by side. And it's like got a left-leaning news article, a center-leaning news article, and a right-leaning news article. So you can see how even headlines in the first paragraph or two, it might be about the same topic or news story, but the way it's written from different news sources can really affect how people are thinking about this news story. So I really think that that is beneficial because it can show how skewed different platforms and different media companies can be. And personally, I want to be reading as unbiased news as I can so then I can formulate decisions and think critically about what's happening, right? I mean, I know everybody's different, but if you're somebody who identifies with what I just said where you want to get the facts, making sure that where you're getting your news sources from unbiased sites is really important. And I think that All Sides was really good. I also check NPR.org a lot for my news because that's in studies been shown to be a pretty central unbiased source for news. There's also um, my friend Crystal recommended this other Instagram account. It's called at Susie says so. And she is on Instagram. She's like calling herself America's government teacher. And she's presenting facts about government and process and an unbiased, like without bias, I should say. And I was just clicking through her profile and reading some of her posts and watching some of her videos. And I've already learned a lot. And I love some of her messages are like, what if you aren't reactive on social media? What if instead of typing into the keyboard what you're really thinking, you step back for 30 minutes and then you really contemplate, where's that person coming from? And then you respond. You don't react, you respond. Again, this is all like... I'm trying to take all of this from uh, this is what I have learned in my time on social media. I'm not trying to be preachy. I'm not trying to pretend that I always do these things. And I'm not trying to pretend that I'm in the midst of all this struggle. I'm trying to take a bird's eye view from it and see like what are ways that I can use social media better. And if I can use social media better, maybe you guys can too. So I hope you see this as me just trying to be a helper and not a preacher. <laughs> so I hope it's not coming across that way. 
So those two sources at all sides and at Susie says so on Instagram are good for unbiased sources. All right. Another thing that you can be thinking about if you're feeling like, oh man, I'm not sure how to navigate this social media time with all the things that are happening is ask yourself, how are you showing up? And for me, I tend to be like, as my personality, a people pleaser. I don't want to get into confrontation. I don't like having back and forth debate. I will do it if I have to, but my face gets red. I can feel my blood pulsing through my neck. I like can't formulate a good sentence. I'm typically like five minutes later thinking, oh, that's what I should have said. So sometimes on social media, that's a good thing and it's a bad thing because you can totally edit down. Like you can see something that somebody posts, you can react to it in the moment and just throw your opinion out there for good, bad, or otherwise. But for those of us who maybe identify like me, where you're like, I just don't want to post anything and be controversial, it also can be problematic because we type something out and then we go back and edit it. And then we go back and edit it again because we don't want to be taken the wrong way and we don't want to make people mad, but we know it needs to be said. And then you spend so much time like perfecting this post. And then at the end, you're like, I'm just not even going to say anything. I do that a lot too. But If you're showing up in a way that's either like you're posting and you're saying, whatever, I don't care what people think. Okay, that's your choice. If you're somebody who is like me and you post sometimes but not very much about like these big issues, that's okay. And if you're somebody who doesn't post at all, you're there consuming information posts, but you're not really out there like sharing your opinion, that's okay too. And everybody's got to do what feels best for them. In all of those situations, no matter how you're showing up on social, I challenge you to also be making efforts to communicate with people in real life and beyond the keyboard. Because sometimes we forget that behind these screens and devices, there are actual people. And it can be hard to reconcile what we read on a social feed with the person we know in our small town, right? Because we might read them saying something that we're like, oh my gosh, how can they believe that? But they're also the person who, and this is not anybody in my hometown, so please do not like take this personally. I'm just using off-the-cuff examples. But like like maybe we read something crazy to us that we're like, I cannot believe somebody would think that, let alone post it. But they're still the person that we wave to when they're walking down the street. Or they're the person that delivers your mail. Or they're the person that is teaching at school or whatever. In these small towns, we know the people in our small towns or a lot of the people in our small towns. And so when we see certain things coming out on social media, it can be really hard to reconcile like, what is going on? And sometimes we get that feeling that we need to go and rectify it and give them a piece of our minds. Sometimes we just like don't say anything and you have to do what's right for you. But if something is really like eating away at you. And if something is like you got to, you just can't understand it. I challenge you to have these conversations, not in comment threads, not in DMs and PMs, but if it's really bothering you, reach out to that person and see if you can go grab a beer, grab a cup of coffee and like have a sit down talk. Because honestly, like the only way we can work together and move forward is by remembering that there's humanity in people. And especially in these small towns, like 
we need to know that we can work together, right? We want to advance our small town. That's obviously going to require a huge difference of opinion because if you have 200 people in your community, you're going to have 200 different opinions. And if you have 2,000 people in your community, you're going to have 2,000 different opinions. But we have to understand or at least listen. We don't have to agree. But we need to have these challenging conversations somewhere beyond a keyboard because it's really easy to take words the wrong way. And it's really easy to type something out and then the other person takes it the wrong way or vice versa. I just challenge you to reach out and talk to people in real life about these big conversations. All right, I'm going to wrap this up, get off my soapbox. But if you are someone who is looking for ways to make social media a little more joyful right now, I do have a link in the show notes. Uh, Over at mollyknuthmedia.com, we are going to have a seven-day joyful social challenge. And I ran this last year in 2020 in January, but gosh, the world has changed so much since then. So I thought it might be a good time to revamp this concept and make social media a place where we can all spread joy and have fun with things again. So it'll get started um, as soon as you make the download. You can begin at any time. And what's going to happen is you'll just click that link, you'll enter your email address, and you'll be kicked into an automated seven-day reminder via email of how you can make social media for yourself and for your immediate connections a little bit more pleasant, right? And we are going to have a PDF that you can download and print, or you can get those daily emails. But the whole purpose is to make social media a fun, kinder, more neighborly place to be, right? That's the goal here. So anyway, Thank you guys for listening. I know it was like full of tangents and very (laughs) windy, but I hope that with today's episode, maybe you understand the algorithm a little bit better. Maybe your big takeaway was about sharing something joyful. Maybe your big takeaway is making a phone call or a text to somebody so you can sit down and have a conversation with them. But I hope that this message that I'm going to leave you with, I should say, is that I think we all have a lot more similarities than differences. And it can be really easy to focus on those differences. And it can be really easy to say, well, I can't believe this person does that. But we also need to look inward at ourselves too and say, like, are we holding some biases? Are we being willing to communicate? Are we willing to listen? Are we willing to learn? Are we willing to adjust our beliefs? Because we do evolve and we do change. And that's the beauty of this whole thing called life. And if we are just stuck in our ways and we're not willing to see the other side and we're not willing to, I mean, you can't just go around blocking everybody you don't agree with. Granted, you can block them for a certain period of time if it preserves your mental health, but you're going to have to face differences. And in this day and age with social media, it can be hard and social media does get a bad rap, but I believe we can really make it a good place. And I know there are more of us that want this, that want joy, that want to see friends' pictures and want to see grandkids and we want to have happy social media again. So I really believe that there's enough of us that want that, that we can do this joyful social challenge. We can flood the social networks with good news and happy things. And I hope you'll join. I hope you'll be part of the seven day social challenge. Again, it's in the show notes. And I hope to see you there. But thanks, guys, for listening. Sorry it was rambly. I hope I didn't offend anybody. I hope I didn't come across as being too, like, 
I hope I'm not like being a smart ass or anything. I just hope that this helped because I felt like I needed it and I felt like maybe somebody else did too. But have a great week. I'll be back next week. The episode that was supposed to run today is actually running next week and it's a good one. So make sure you tune in. But I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care, stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll be back soon with more from the Small Minded Podcast. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well lived being small-minded.